Salutations and motivations, my sweet listeners. Today I floated out of a wooded glen to tell you all about Code 2050. Code 2050 is a lightweight rule set extension that gently layers onto the D20 5e system without changing a single existing rule. It keeps everything you love about the greatest role-playing game, the combat, the races, the monsters, the magic, and ads, tech, drones, cars, computers, guns, explosions. Everyone has a smartphone in this game, and everyone has basic computer skills. Some kick it up a notch, bending technology to their will by becoming hackers. So if you would like to do the coolest thing I've ever heard of and play D&D with hackers in it, check out Code 2050 at legendarypants.net slash DSPN. That's legendarypants.net slash DSPN. Hello, and welcome to this Dames and Dragons life. I'm Ira Glass, and here today with me is my guest, Rudy Basso. Rudy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's just, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan, so this is really exciting for me. Rudy, would you say that you feel that coming on this podcast may have been a mistake? Uh, no, 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 no. You know, it's not great for my brand uh, in a lot of ways. The people, I've been getting a lot of mentions on Twitter that are not, you know, they're not enthusiastic about this, but it's my choice, ultimately. And I am, you know, I am the pilot behind my own career. So I decide what I want to do, not the people. Why that plane, Rudy? What? Why the plane? He's a pilot. Fly the plane. Well, I mean, it's more of a boat. (laughs) In my mind, Rudy, you know, guiding get, uh, the waters of if life. If your plane you is in the water, you are not a good no. pilot. <laughs> Sully? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, Caitlin, that was, you ruined it. I don't know what you're going for there. The guy who flew the plane. Tom Hanks? <laughs> Tom Hanks. Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Don't you. Goose? <laughs> Goose? Goose? <laughs> well, Tom Hanks? Wilson? <laughs> Wilson, no! Well, I think that's all the time we have today. Let's play D&D. Hi, I'm Kat, and I'm your DM. Hi, I'm Noelle, and I play Sully. (laughs) Hi, I'm Caitlin, and I play Goose. Hi, I'm Sophia, and I play Tom Cruise. Wilson. No, I'm Tom Cruise. (laughs) Please be Wilson. I'm not Wilson. All right, Rudy, you gotta be Wilson. Scientologist? Hi, my name's Rudy Basso. Ow, ow, my ears. Oh, oh, oh. What's that loud voice? I'm confused when loud? I hear a loud voice. Am I being loud? Could you quiet down? I'm projecting. I was given a note before that- we started to project. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so last time. Mary woke up from her comatose state and the Estrins all 
definitely saw her as she charged in eyes blazing gold uh, on the back of Zaroon. Then you started in on your mission to break into the Blue Palace in the dead of night with the King of Danmar at your side. There you will be able to turn the city's water supply back on and hopefully take care of those gray manacle rascals who have uh, infested the palace. The king has led you down to a secret passageway hidden deep at the bottom of one of the twin canyons that run through Danmar. After tangling with a sand spider, you guys made it through to the secret door hidden behind boulders across a raging river. Once inside, you followed the king through the passageways which wind underneath the blue palace. Um, however, as you explored, you came across a giant stone statue, which, when you tried to pass it, attacked. And that is where we are now. Laika, you are up first. I have a question, actually. Mm-hmm. Does the king have any kind of reaction to, like, his oh, ancestor he's, attacking he's us? very surprised, yes. Okay. Uh, he says, oh, that's never happened before. <laughs> <laughs> cool. The statue is turning towards you, and it is bringing its fists down on you. So I very am... Very slowly. Going <laughs> to dodge as a movement, and then attack. Okay. So that was 17 both times. Yeah, that hits. Okay. 12 damage for the first attack, 11 damage for the second attack, and I'm going to have Gingy attack with a bite. So that's 19. That hits. 8 damage. And your weapon is not magical, right? I don't think it is. No. No, it is not. You do not do any damage. Your sword clatters harmlessly off of the stone. Mm. Cat. Magic magic statue. So then Gingy's attack also? Gingy's attack also does nothing. It's a magic boy. <laughs> That's all That's I it. can do. So yeah. now it is, uh, it's Fran's turn. Okie dokie. So are there any, like, cracks in this guy's, like, body? Yeah, all over him. Why don't you make a perception check to see? Oh, I got, uh, like, 25. Yeah. So most notably, you can see that he has the uh, joins where his arms meet his torso Mm -hmm. are very badly damaged, Mm -hmm. and the joins at the knees are very badly damaged. You also see that the head is not connected very well. It seems to be, like, a separate piece, Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a clear seam at the neck. Okay. I think what I'm going to do is do create water and get water into as many of the cracks that this statue has as possible and then yell to the king, freeze it. Okay. Why don't you, I guess, roll to hit just to see how much water you get on it. 11. All right. You are able to get its knees. Okay. All right. And then it's up next is Corbin. Cool. Um, I'm going to use a spell that I don't think I've ever actually used before. Mm-hmm. It's called Flame Blade. Okay. Ooh. It is a blade that's a flame. <laughs> Or it's what? a flame that's a blade. Okay. So I evoke a fiery blade in my free hand, and it lasts for the duration, which is concentration up to 10 minutes. Uh, if I let go, it disappears, but I can evoke the blade again as a bonus action. And I'm going to hit its elbow, then I'll hit at the... Okay. Yeah. Roll to hit. Okay. Uh, where's my boy? <laughs> this is not him. Where is my boy? Where's my boy? Where's my Your boy? Your boy is not there. Where's my boy? This is Sophie's boy. Just roll it. Don't touch <laughs> my boy. My boy was right here, y'all. I actually was holding it. I just put it there. <laughs> you stole my boy. In my defense, I didn't know that I was holding it. Unbelievable. How could you not recognize my boy? I don't know him. <laughs> so that is uh, 
22. That'll hit. Yeah, all right. Eight damage. Oh, Kodoko. And now... <laughs> Mm, 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 mm. I love it. <laughs> You're the most beautiful human being on planet Earth. <laughs> Thank you. I know. So the golem is going to continue his attack on Laika. So because you dodged out of the way, uh, or used your movement to attempt to dodge out of the way, it will be attacking with disadvantage. Cool. Doesn't hit. That one was a three. And then its second attack as a critical failure. It slams its hand into the ground next to you. And uh, it is seems to be a little bit stuck. Great. I'm going to take a hellish rebuke as a reaction. Okay. Nice. Um, and I'm going to aim for the head. Okay. So Laika points her finger at the golem, and it is surrounded by hellish flames. Whoa. And it must make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, uh, that is a one, not natural. <laughs> so that's not going to do it. So no. 17 damage. Nice. So, Kat, you keep saying the weirdest thing. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a weird night. Um, I'm loving it. No, it's perfect. It's oh, good. I just am surprised every time. Yeah. What? What, did you what area did you attack? In the neck. Yeah, all right. Just that neck region. All right. I am going to have all of you make a wisdom saving throw, please. Yes. Yeah, I got a nat uh, 20. I got a nat 20. No. I got a 17. Okay. So the statue's eyes flash bright blue. And for a moment, you all feel like you're moving through molasses. It's just every muscle in your body is just slowed. But the three of you are able to snap out of it. And it, it feels like a rubber band snapping back on itself as you are pulled back into your body and your muscles are freed. However... The king and Mary, both of them are stuck in this and their speed is reduced so much. It's like they're barely able to move. Um, so now it is the king's turn. Unfortunately, he can't uh, do much, but he is able to freeze that water that Fran put. So the king reaches out with one hand. You can tell he's straining to move, but he reaches out and the water that Fran put around the golem's knees turns to ice. And it is going to take... Does, is there a... Roll a d20 and just, like, no. <laughs> add 10 to it, maybe? No, no. I mean, yeah, is, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll say it does a d6. 2d6. What about 2d6? I think 2d6. Hey, what about 6d6? You know what's better than 1d6? A billion d6. <laughs> Agreed. All right, it does five damage to each of its knees. So Mary is going to grab Laika's arm, and she is going to cast Guidance. Once before the spell ends, a target can roll a d4 and add the number rolled to one ability check of its choice. So just giving you a little boost. All right, and Laika, it is up to you, top of the order. That's great, because I know what I'm going to oh, do. Oh, shit. If you attack its frozen knees, will its fucking feet fall off, Cat? <laughs> just its, just its feet. Um, I can maybe do. I can maybe do divine smite on its knees. Yeah. Um, and I'll use the plus four to attack. Yeah, yeah, plus d four. Well, I got a one. Well, then you can so. add that to your attack roll. All right. So I definitely hit. Well, tell me what you. I rolled an eighteen, and I think yep. it's that hits. Yep. Uh, that will be twenty-one damage. The left leg weakened by the ice 
you are able to rip your sword through the stone and it just crumbles. The golem sways on its one foot, gives one stony hop, and then collapses to the floor. Uh, however, it is still kicking to, uh, to, to use that bad sort of pun. Um, uh, cat! Uh, it's, just, uh, it's still kicking. It's still kicking its other leg. Um, actually, uh, Laika, will you please make a dexterity check before your next attack? Yeah, I guess. That is 15. Yeah, you are able to dodge out of the way as it comes tumbling down to the ground. Fran, That's it true. is your turn. The golem, as it is now on the ground, is just sort of thrashing around. It, so it is still, it's still trying to get you. All right. I will cast Witch Bolt on him. Witch Bolt? Witch Bolt. <laughs> I'm afraid. I will not dignify your question. <laughs> I'm afraid that the day cat doesn't say Witch Bolt is going to be the day we all die. <laughs> oh my God. I thought, thought you were about to say that the day cat was going to kill the night cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And I got really. How do you afraid. know she hasn't already? Is this. Whoa. <laughs> so that. Is gonna be uh, over twenty twenty-two. Uh, yeah, that hits. Um, okay. Are you attacking the head? I am attacking. Yeah, the neck. Okay. And it does ten damage, and it creates a beam of crackling lightning that stays attached to its neck that I can just like be like, "Hey, hey, time to fuck it up anytime Ar- I want." All right, the golem is now has a lightning head right in the jugular. And now it is Corbin's turn. Um, so I'm going to use my flame blade. How's the jugular looking? Oh, it's looking pretty crumbly. Okay, I'm going to come right down on that. All right, do you have to roll the hit with the on flame blade? throat, I do. No. Automatic hit. <laughs> Don't need to roll. Oh my god, it's hit. an automatic hit. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't believe it's an automatic hit. Isn't that cool? Flame blade is just like an automatic <laughs> hit. That's oh, very cool. Well, that's a natural. Holy 20. shit! So what's up, guys? I'm going to fuck this guy up. Better than an automatic hit. Fuck you. Uh, It's 26 damage. Holy shit. You behead this thing. Fuck yes. Yes! 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 Ah! Before I bring my blade down, I say, heads up! And then (laughs) kill it. Why don't you describe it? I bring my sword down so fast and hard, you can't even see it. There's like a wall of fire, just an arc of flame in the air above my head and then um, the head like flies off like a rocket and it crumbles against the other wall. Fran's mouth falls open. She's a fucking maze. Yeah. And there's like burning embers inside. So in the rubble of the head that was destroyed against the wall, you see the two blue eyes of the statue glimmer and then go dull. And the huge stone form of the golem falls silent once again. As the golem goes still, the king lets out a big belly laugh as his limbs are are freed from the golem's magic. Uh, He puts one foot up on the statue's body, then he raises both of his arms in the air like a champion, and he says, I should have a portrait painted of this. Um, I think that's the wrong idea. I think we should not have any more artwork with your face on it. <laughs> Make a portrait. Laika uh, says, hold that pose, and starts drawing him on a piece of her armor. Um, Fran starts gathering magic to kill the portrait before <laughs> it can kill her. Uh, um, why don't uh, Laika just do 
what like a performance check maybe performance to do to do art i guess i don't know what else to. i guess it, it's like one of those paintings where like they paint it in front of people and then turn it upside down yeah. oh yeah that's cool uh that is 14 you draw a a anime portrait of the king on your yes. armor yes yeah cool cool very nice work i love it now three gold i don't have any money on me i'm afraid i uh my wallet was in the caravan that was destroyed by your friend who turned into a horse likely story <laughs> now shall we proceed and he uh, he motions to a ladder at the back of the cavern. Um, okay, I follow him, but on the way I'm like, do you know like what that was? Why are you just like taking this in stride? That thing came to life and tried to kill us? Does it usually do that? Well, it hasn't done that to me before, but you know, these things happen when you're on an adventure. I'm pretty sure you assured me there wasn't going to be traps in here, so I'm kind of like feeling a tension between us right now like i'm dropping hints that maybe i'm mad <laughs> oh don't be i'm i mean i'm sorry there was a trap but sometimes traps happen they happen all the time in these sorts of old palaces ruins i've done a lot of exploring in my day and trust me once you've seen one statue come to life you sort of stop really thinking it's a big deal i i, I really love your life philosophy but this is your castle. <laughs> like I said, it's never come to life for me before. Maybe it has something to do with you all being here, intruders and all that. Ugh. <sighs> this is very poorly constructed magic. And from then on, I dodge every rock I see. <laughs> I am I am on high alert. All right. So do you guys climb the ladder at the back there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gingy's with me. Oh, yeah. How do you want to get Gingy up? I think she's so big, I probably could not actually, like, lift her. What I would say is I would, like, put her front paws on the ladder and kind of get behind her and, like, push her butt up um, and have her, like, as best she can, use her, like, teeth and claws to pull her weight while I'm helping support her. If okay. um if she has some lineage from those like rare loon dogs that are from Sweden, they actually have a a, a grass like earth. a fifth. That's yeah. very cool. She definitely doesn't. It's a very funny sight trying to get this giant wolf up the ladder, but you you manage it after a little bit of grunting and swearing, and Gingy tucking her tail between her legs because she feels kind of bad that she's making it so difficult. I'm sure she's scared, too, because yeah. she's climbing a ladder. Yeah, she doesn't love so. it, but she, she muscles through because she's a good dog. She's she's very good. Gingy, that looked dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Fran, you're such a jerk. Hey, <laughs> Fran. You guys saw. Grow a heart. <laughs> no. Hey, grow a heart, Fran. <laughs> I'll grow a heart when Gingy grows some hands. <laughs> You're the worst person that I've ever met. Uh, you met you met Torva. <laughs> yeah. Mary gives Gingy a pat on the head uh, as you guys get to the top of the ladder. You emerge from a trapdoor into a small dark room. In here, there are some wooden chairs pushed up against the wall and a couple of wooden carts covered in blue tablecloths. There are doors in this room. There is one on the wall directly across from you when you come up and one on the wall perpendicular to that. From this room, you can smell spices wafting from the door that's in front of you. And you hear the sounds of cooking. 
We have uh, Pass Without Trace on us, right? Yeah, yeah. I cast it before we left. Okay. I don't know. Should we in, should we should we look at what's in those carts maybe? Yeah, and just start give a general search of the room. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. not going to make you guys roll for it. There's okay. not much in this room. Looking at the carts, you see there are dishes piled on them and it looks like some flatware. Mm-hmm. Mostly though this room seems to just be storage. And actually the king says, "We're in a staging room. That room." So he points to one of the doors and says, "Over there, that's the feast hall and that is the kitchen." Can we go, like, listen at the kitchen, see if yeah. people are talking in there? Yep. Make a perception check. 16. 16. Actually, also 16. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second. Wow. I'm amazed. Sweet 16. Sweet 16. You can hear that uh, it sounds like there's a few people in here. In there. There's the sound of uh, there's two men who are talking. So one of the men says, hurry it up, boy, don't you? I'm getting hungry. And uh, a woman responds with, the food will be done when it is done. Okay, so they're in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Should we uh, listen at the feast hall doors now? It's the booze. Yeah. All yeah. right. Should we roll another check? Perceive. I got a natural one. I've gone deaf. Uh, 19. <laughs> Ooh, mm-hmm. not good. All right. Uh, Fran and Corbin, you guys are too distracted by the smells of that good, good food. It just smells really good, and, you know, you're just sort of trying to figure out maybe, like, Corbin, like, do you think that that's, like, roast pigs? Pork. Pulled. Pulled pork. Pulled pork. I think it's pulled pork. <laughs> uh, Laika, however, you you managed to keep your wits about you, despite your hungry boy face. Um, and you go to the other door and listen, and you can hear a couple of different voices. You hear a man go, ah. Oh, Damn it, come on. And another one, he laughs and he says, well, if you weren't so bad at playing cards, you wouldn't keep losing to me. So how many people do you th- do I hear in there? At this point, you hear two. Okay. You don't hear anything too useful. It just sounds like there's two men playing cards until one of them yells, hey, shut up over there. Whimpering's getting annoying. Okay, uh, Laika's gonna step back from the door then and just, uh, relay this information to Corbin and Fran and be like, so I think maybe we should go through the kitchen or should we wait until there's an opportune time? Like, if the people in the kitchen leave? Oh my god, let's go into the kitchen. (laughs) Do you smell that (laughs) pork? Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, your majesty, what do you suggest we do? Hmm. Well, there are servants' entrances on either side. There's one that's on the other end of the feast hall, but there is one in the kitchen as well. Kitchen one will bring us up closer to my apartments. I need to go there to get the key to turn on the machine to restart the water, so kitchen is probably best. Time to get pork. Corbin isn't making any noises, but if you any of you look at him, you just see like his face looking normal, but his mouth is open, and there's a waterfall of drool coming out of it. <laughs> so it's not normal at all. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I think you should lead the way, since uh, probably any palace servants will recognize and listen to you. Uh, did you recognize the voices in the kitchen? Yes, that is definitely my cook, the woman. Oh, poor dear. She's a tough old bird. I'm sure she's doing fine, but 
Sure she'd appreciate a bit of rescuing. Sally forth. All right. Are you guys just going to burst in? Because the king um, is fixing to burst in. How many people do we he- did we hear in there? Just like one, maybe? Yeah, you only Other heard. than her? Yeah. Okay, so then I think we should just burst in and like all try to attack him at the same time. <laughs> all right. So you burst in. In the kitchen, there is a large, heavy wooden table in the middle of the room. On the left wall, there's a big cooking fire and a huge cooktop, where a short, coarse-looking woman is currently frying flatbreads. Uh, There are two mercenaries in rusty leathers who are leaning heavily on the table and sharing swigs from a bottle of wine. A slim, nervous young man sits across from them peeling vegetables and tossing the scraps into the bucket at his feet. When you all burst in, this scene just bursts apart. The young man just throws the bucket of vegetable peelings across the room in surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, And the woman grabs one of the fry breads that is she was flipping with her fingers and flings it at you all. Please make a dexterity check. A fry bread? Yeah. Can Can I I catch it it in my mouth? (laughs) Fuck, I was gonna fucking say that! (laughs) Whoever gets the highest... It's Dex, you said? Yeah. Well, it's not gonna be Fran. I did tell you that right now. Yeah, I got a three. I got a 15. (laughs) I got 18. Gingy got a 19. God damn Gingy! Gingy rushes forward and throws herself in the way of this flying hot bread, which she catches in her mouth uh, and eats like a good dog. Accurate. Um, Gingy. The two mercenaries, however, are one of them spits out the wine that he had in his mouth and they immediately draw swords. Please roll for initiative. Uh, Oh, I did fucking good as hell, you guys. 21. Jesus. I got 12. Um, I get 19. Uh, Caitlin, I uh, guess I was What did you get? Caitlin, what did you get? 12. Okay. <laughs> Cannot handle this harassment. All right, Laika, you are first in the order. All right. I'm going to uh, attack those two guys. Okay. Does a 12 hit them? It, it meets, it beats. <gasps> oh, really? Yeah. Um, our weak boys. Idiot okay. boys. Uh, that'll be nine damage for the first attack. Uh, how about an 11? 11 damage on your second attack? No. Or, no, no, no. Um, 11 to hit. No, yeah. no, that doesn't hit. So I'm going to have Gingy uh, attack one of the men after she finishes uh, eating yes. some delicious bread. 14, so that would plus whatever. That hits. So that's five piercing damage. Oh. And if uh, the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 11 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Oh, well, he's definitely knocked prone as he dies. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm so oh. glad he, that um, he died. So. <laughs> Me too. I'm so glad that he died. So Gingy leaps onto this man at your behest and a mouthful of fry bread. She puts her fry bread full mouth on his throat and rips it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. She just made a sandwich. Yes. <laughs> she just made a sandwich. Wow. Oh, my God. Pulled dork. <laughs> Do you guys love it? Oh. Do you guys love it? I love it. All oh, right. I really I love like it. it. Well, that's. And Fran is going to poison spray a man, the other man, a fart hand, if you will. What's she going to do? What's a she going to po- do? Fart hands. <laughs> Really good, cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, hey, you know what? I got a 13. That hits. Mm. Oh, damn. All right, so 17 damage. Oh, he dies immediately. So the second mercenary is choked by your poison spray. He goes to the floor, clutching his throat, and expires there, still writhing in agony up until his last choked breath. Whoever smelt it dealt it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys like it? You're fucking... (laughs) You're fucking bloated with one-liners right now. <laughs> like it is disgusting. I love it. I'm here for it. I can I can smell them on you. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fast. Corbin just throws his hands up because he didn't do fucking anything. <laughs> the king immediately goes over to his cook and he says, "Uma," and he takes both of her gnarled hands in his. He says, "Are you all right? Did they hurt you?" And the cook looks up at him. Her eyes sparkling, and then slaps him across the face. <gasps> Uma! She says, What were you doing? Leaving the castle on an adventure, and then it gets taken over. Come now, King Abasi, come on. And he looks thoroughly chastened. Uma, Uma, I'm so sorry. I had no idea any of this would happen. Of course not! You were off having adventures, just like you always are. And look how skinny. And she takes one of the fry breads off of the stove and uh, and stuffs it directly into his mouth. Oh my god! (laughs) Holy shit! Does he take damage from that? (laughs) Hot oil cat. Does he have a mouth left? (laughs) Does he still have a mouth or no? When I say fry breads, they're not pulled out of oil. They're like, like Um, non. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hot. It's still hot. hot. But he's he stands there fanning his mouth and turned away from you all for a moment as tears stream down his face. Oh She's God. branded him. I love her. <laughs> She's amazing. Uh, and and what is this trouble you've brought in here, huh? Who are these weirdos? Hey, these these weirdos just brought down these two guys with like cool jokes. I didn't do anything. I just want the pulled pork. It smells like pork in here. <laughs> Where's the pork? Uh, the boy clears his throat. And he says, "Maybe we shouldn't be yelling so much. There are still a lot of them around." What's your name, kid? Is it Thurman? My name's... Thurman. Noel. Damn it! Cat! Fucking Noel. Cat. Is it spelled like Noel? Yes. I feel like I want to fight you and I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah. There's still a lot of them. I know there are two guarding the servants who were in the feast hall when everything happened and there are some upstairs and they were making us cook them a meal are you okay kid yeah i um where's your parents i they're with the other prisoners somewhere else in the castle what were those guys making you cook (laughs) food is not done yet uma says you save, save the castle, then you get to eat. Aww. Mm. Uma. <laughs> Uma. <laughs> and uh, the king clears his throat. Uma. <clears throat> Uma. I promise you, we'll save the castle. Now, uh, we will be using that servant's entrance. And if anyone asks who came here and what happened to those men, um, tell them. It was a magic statue. Tell them it was the magic statue from downstairs. Come now, adventuring companions, let's go. Companion? 
And he leads the, gosh, five of you with Jinji. This is growing out of hand. I'm playing too many NPCs. <laughs> Just the right amount. Uh, so he leads the five of you up a small set of stairs that is uh, at the side door of the kitchen. So you come up into another one of those little staging rooms like you were in before. Um, this one has a lot of trays on shelves in it, uh, some more of those carts covered in blue tablecloths, and uh, a rack of towels. The king pokes his head out the door and then quickly ducks back in. He says, all right, my apartments are just down this hallway. Uh, small problem. There are archers posted on all of the balconies. It's time. The time has come. First off, in Dames and Other Places news, you can catch Kat being incredible in a new episode of They See Me Rollin'. She played a character with the ability to manipulate reality, and Kat, naturally, used that ability to manipulate listener emotions. So uh, check out They See Me Rollin' if you want to hear that. Also, I, Noelle, was recently on an episode of DSPN Presents, or episodes, plural, playing Code 2050, which was featured um, in the pre-roll by a resident ad fairy, in which I played a yuppie parkour monk named Yuri, which was a good time. Thank you so, so, so much to Rudy for once again gracing us with his presence. As always, you can find him on Twitter at Rudy Basso. You can listen to his amazing, hilarious podcast called Have Spellbook Will Travel, which is an audio drama based on Dungeons & Dragons adventures. We have been on that podcast multiple times, by the way. You can also find his stuff at don'tsplitthepodcastnetwork.com as he is the co-owner of it. Thanks, Rudy. You are awesome as usual. Uh, Next up, let's give a shout out to all those incredible people keeping us on the iTunes charts and helping more people find Dames and Dragons. Our iTunes reviewers, the real MVPs. I did almost just say MP3s, but thank you either way. Uh, Thanks to Birdiekins, Are You a Fan of the Dark, Park Sun Woo, Heartwarming and Goofy, which is a name and not a description of Park Sun Woo, Drygel19, Will Tide Shaper, <laughs> coolest name award goes to Will Tide Shaper, Wildfire, and in, then in parentheses, Bo, very nice, Scotty, Potty Too Hotty, T-Mac8787, Nora, Sheen, holy shit, there's a lot, uh, Skadge, Skat, KWKU, Tofu Skin, bad, Tofu Skin 21, Hanners, and Majosting. I just realized it's Sting, like a name. All right. Greetings. Uh, Also from St. Paul, Minnesota, Sting. Your future is that you're probably already friends with one of us, but you don't know it yet, and you're, like, going to find out, like, just before the credits, like, cut to an upbeat rock song. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, On our Patreon, our deepest, biggest thanks go out to Kayla, Kirk, Ian, James, Rollhard, Laura, 
Jacqueline, Veronica, Therefore Bucket, Seth, Nocturne, Katie, Leone, Lena, Catriona, and Abra. FYI, you guys, Kat has to make a website if we hit $1,000, and she thought we would never hit $1,000, so let's all punish Kat. <laughs> uh, next up, y'all, I just want to take a moment to tell you guys about Make Believe Heroes. No, not, not like the Guardians, like what you're already listening to. Not like make-believe heroes with lowercase letters, but make-believe heroes with proper noun capitalization. If you like D&D actual plays, and like you better like those, <laughs> then go check out Make-Believe Heroes, which is a 5th edition D&D actual play podcast. When the world of Manumi is threatened by unspeakable evil, four heroes, Lorik, Darkbolt, Servants, Oftawal, Jem, and Callum, for make-believe heroes, uh, you might say, set forth on a quest to find a sacred grove and save the tree. For more information, follow Make Believe Heroes on Twitter at MBH Podcast, and make sure to download the podcast on your nearest podcatcher. The grove is waiting. Today's message to Chantel is, please get dinner with me, Chantel. I'm desperate for your love and affection, Chantel. And the code word is Sad Star Kid. That sweet sleeper agent is active and she's running to buy me dinner right now. Go! You find yourself in a large courtyard. The hallway that you are in is bordered on one side by doors and on the other side by a railing looking out into a garden, which in the center of which there is a huge domed pillar. Around this hallway, there are four archers and they are patrolling one along each side of the square of the courtyard. So I think then what we would want to do is go... So we have a clear path except for one archer in our way to get to the door we need to go through, right? Yep. Uh, there are three other archers posted around this hallway. Um, and, and they do all be able to see us. Yeah, they all have clear sight lines to you. Okay, so I think Fran is going to do kind of a similar thing to what she did on the mountain, which is cast like illusions in front of us mm -hmm. as we are going past the railings. Um, we're all going to have to stick pretty close together and, um, we're going to have to get that freaking guy. Or would we be able to sneak past him if we're uh, covered by an illusion? No. We're going to get him. I don't think so. Maybe okay. we should send one person out first though to just I go could kill do him. It. Yeah. All right. All right. So first we're going to send out Laika and I'll do an illusion like in front of her from the doorway. So I got over 20 with pass without a trace. All right. Uh, so he does not, the archer closest to you does not see you as you sneak up behind him. Alright, and now I'm just gonna roll to attack. Alright, and uh, you will roll with advantage because you're sneak attacking him. Uh, <laughs> that's a natural 20. Alright, that definitely hits. We're hot tonight, you yeah. guys. We're hot! We're hot! 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 This table is hot! Hot! Dice are hot. 14 times 2, 28. 28. Oh, so. you kill him in one fell swoop. One nice. blow. Alright. Uh, Very you, cool. How? Tell me where where does your sword go? Where I just chop his head right off. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? 
And then I go back and I get um, uh, Fran and my friend Corbin and yeah. the goddess. And I'm like Or shit, that's me and uh, Gigi and the king. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we will all roll stealth? Yeah, I'll roll stealth. I got 20. Yeah, I got like, yeah, I got like 25 or something. We're all good. You all make it. And as you pass the uh, (laughs) decapitated body, the king looks at you like it and he raises his brows. And Mary also looks at you and she sort of just shakes her head a little bit. No, she probably looks a little upset about it, but she's like, uh, I think she's just like has a hand on Gingy and she's just uh, trying to not look at it. (laughs) So you reach the door. Caitlin and I just shrugged at each other. So Fran and Corbin are fine. All right. You reach the door to the king's apartments and he pats himself down and then frowns. He goes, I don't have my key. Um, your, your majesty, I hate to tell you this, but the one problem we cannot solve is a locked door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please make perception checks. Oh. Yikes. Um, 19. <laughs> Natural one again. Oh my god. Fran is hungry off. as fuck. <laughs> 18. All right. Uh, Laika and Corbin, you hear someone moving around in there. Should we knock? <laughs> I'll turn into an ant. All right. And I do that. All right. You, do you crawl under the door or through the lock? How do you do I it? crawl under the door for maximum efficiency. Corbin, you are now inside the king's lavish apartments. Everything is just top of the line beautiful the first room that you're in appears to be a sitting room there are plush velvet blue couches and a uh, fireplace which is the mantle is carved to look like waves crashing up against the stone and sitting on one of the couches is a half elf young man with blue hair (gasps) that you recognize Mm -hmm. By his boob window. <laughs> he still has a boob window? I don't know, Rudy, does he? I'm just... I... Uh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, Zayroth, why don't you roll a perception check? <laughs> On an ant? <laughs> just to see, you know, does you? You've been locked does in he, these... Does he sense another boob window nearby? <laughs> just to see if you see the ant, you know. That ant has a tiny speck of white on its chest. <laughs> Uh, I rolled a seven. No, oh, no, you do not notice the ant that crawled into the room. I'm too deep in my thoughts. Yeah, what are you doing, Zeroth? I'm actually pacing in a frustrated manner and glancing towards a nearby open window. The couch has actually been stabbed multiple times with the knife <laughs> in what seems like frustration. So, I'm gonna... Is Zeroth's back to me ever? Well, he's pacing, so uh, yeah. Yeah, he's pacing okay. back I'm going to time it so that when his back is to me, I turn into a human and I open the door really, really fast. Wait, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> we need to let you guys in. <laughs> yeah, but like. <laughs> what? It's Zayroth. We can trust him. Here's the problem, though, is that the door is locked still. You just turn into a human. When you try and open it from the inside, it seems like the lock has been jammed. Oh, I turn into a bird really fast because that's expendable. <laughs> and I pretend that I just like flew in here somehow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> make a, I'm just going to say make a dexterity check to see if you can do that fast enough. Shit. Well, that was a, <laughs> that's a critical fail. <laughs> no, no, you are not able to turn into a bird before Zayroth turns around. And Zayroth, 
Corbin's now in your room. But he's a bird. I'm a bird, though. Yeah, you see Corbin turning into a bird. God killer. Oh, no, you're here to kill me. And then I um, run to the couch and pick up uh, the dagger, which has been thrust into it. Stay back. I'm armed. <laughs> I, f- I just fly. Shit, I can't hover. Fuck. Birds can't hover. <laughs> I just fly around. You can fly out the window. And yeah, I fly out the window. All right. Come back in. (laughs) We just heard um, God Killer. Yeah. You're going to kill me. And you probably heard me make a a crow noise as well. So I think in that case, so I have thieves tools, but because I'm not proficient in them, do I get any advantage from trying to use thieves tools? I mean, you You get whatever your dex is. Yeah. Hey, Hey. Not bad. Uh, 19. Yeah, that does it. Okay. We've done it! All right, so you guys are able to pick the lock on this door, and Zayroth, uh, you are now faced with a bird, two god killers, a king, and a god, and a wolf. So your (laughs) day's gotten interesting. We come in and close the door. I hide behind the couch, and I wave my dagger at them, and I say, go away! I don't want to hurt you. (laughs) You don't? Corbin turns back oh. into a human and says, I don't think that's a that's a concern for us. I'm afraid I might be missing a step here. Uh, young man, why are you hiding behind my sofa? Because uh, you're going to kill me? Uh, well, it seems that you are also being held prisoner here, so I think I'm more inclined to hear you out. Don't you want to kill us? Yeah... Don't you want to um, kill our best friend, Mary? No. The Grey Manacle wants to kill your best friend, Mary, but... Yeah, like, you're, getting... like, their biggest fan. Like, you're, like... No. Maybe, no. like... Yeah. You no. are a yes. Grey Manacle necklace. Did you get character development off screen? <laughs> when I saw you, I... you were literally wearing Grey Manacles around your neck. <laughs> As a necklace. Those was... were awesome. Okay. It was a good look. Thank you. Agreed. Um... But I'm not, I don't like, the people are dying in this city of thirst, and I know what it's like to be dying of thirst, and I'm beginning to think that maybe the Grey Manacle aren't the good guys that they said they were. And uh, apparently they agree, but they don't want to kill me, because now I am locked in this very nice room. I'm sorry about the couch, I say to the king. Why... Why wouldn't they want to kill you? They, they're killing everyone else. They know if they kill me, then someone else in the organization will be very, very, very upset. Who? Is it your weird dad? Is it that weird lady? Is it that lady? Is it the lady? Is it yes, your weird... it's the lady. Oh. Ugh. Are you guys in love? No. I think... Hey, I think she's... A... What? I think she's a god... Or what? Something. What? I just think she might what? be. I just have a hunch. I think she. Look, you, I'm just saying. You think that weird lady was a god? I think maybe. Why? She. She's suspicious. She's the name. <laughs> I think she might be connected to Torva. I mean, we know she's connected to Torva. I think maybe she's a child of Torva. I'm, this is purely conjecture. <laughs> I just, I just had a thought 
You have a very bright imagination. I just had a thought in my brain and I wanted it to be shared with the world. What do you think about that, uh, guy? Uh, I don't know anything about that. All I know is that she's important to the Grey Manacle and I've known her all my life and she's important to me. You guys are uh, in love. So. No, you we're guys, not in love. Has she ever it's done, like a sibling thing. Has, like she ever, uh, <laughs> <laughs> has she ever done anything weird? Like being she's in love? She's been acting really weird for the past, ever since she came back. I don't Came back from where? Yeah. I don't know. She went away for a long time. When we were kids, we grew up together in the streets. And she always looked after me. And then she went away. And now she's back and she acts different. She says her name is Milava. She wears weird clothes. She's just different. I mean, and I don't know if she's the same person. Milava, a bitch that changes. <laughs> Maybe she just Friend. rebranded. Not now. Ugh. <laughs> uh, so as you guys are all talking about this, the king has uh, gone over to the fireplace. So he reaches into the hearth and pushes on a loose brick back there. And the back of the fireplace spins around to reveal. What? <laughs> Was that there the whole time? Yeah, you oh. idiot. We all knew. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, I don't like you. <laughs> Son, these are my personal apartments. There are secret compartments everywhere. Oh, man. I pushed the couch over. Does anything happen? No. Uh, is there anything else nearby? There, I mean, there's lots of stuff. There's lamps. Like it starts. I start um, knocking stuff over left and right. Like it joins like in. The more expensive, uh, the, the more likely I'm gonna. She's knock like it over. pulling out drawers just to see what happens. <laughs> Fran, Fran goes to like look like she's doing that, but she's taking the stuff and putting it in the bag of. <laughs> Corbin's doing a little bit of both. You guys don't mind any? Please, please stop breaking all of my things. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. Leica waits a beat and then pulls all the books off a shelf. <laughs> uh, Leica, you pull on one book and a little uh, trap door opens <gasps> inside the bookcase. Uh, oh. Corbin and, dives for that trap door. I mean, he it's tries not like to a, get right inside of it. It's not large enough for a person to get he through. He tries. But it does open into a little uh, compartment inside the bookcase, and inside you find a bundle of dried flowers. And the king rushes over and he says, That is very personal. And he slams the little compartment shut. Drugs! <laughs> you have opium in here? They were the first flowers I gave to my wife. Now, he... Fran is very awkward. He <laughs> gave her opium? Now, he, he goes back to the fireplace and he pulls a small box out. And the box does not seem to have any hinges or way to open it. But when he touches it, the box just springs open. And inside there is a small golden key on a chain, which he takes out and puts around his neck. And at the same time that he does this, you hear you hear a whistle blown from outside. And the king goes over to the window to see what's happening. And do you guys follow him to the window? Yeah, but like very slowly and like I don't want to get uh, stabbed in the head <laughs> by someone outside the window. Yeah. Okay. Uh, outside, you see the view from this window shows the wall of the castle, which faces one of the great ravines which borders the palace. Across from that, you see people lining the streets, looking at the palace nervously. 
and you see Grav, the man that you guys were calling Gravy. 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 You call him Gravy? Yeah. <laughs> That's his name. Yeah. His name's he Gravy. He would not like that. He, he would not like it. He, he did like it. He, he loved like it. it. He told us he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> he had it monogrammed onto all of his towels. Yeah, he got a tattoo on his butt. <laughs> uh, says Gravy. <laughs> so Grav... Grav marches four prisoners along the wall. They all wear hoods, and their feet and wrists are chained. Uh, And Grav calls out, King Abasi! You may have escaped us yesterday, but if you value the lives of your citizens, you will come to us peacefully. And Grav walks down the line of prisoners. Here we have agents of the gods! Traitors to all mortals who have accepted bribes of power and turned against their own kind. He rips off the first prisoner's hood and it is Diamond, the halfling performer whose party you went to. You see his blonde, beautiful blonde hair glistening in the moonlight. He then moves down the line and removes the next two hoods. One of them is a woman that you recognize. She was at Diamond's party. And the other is a very fancy looking gentleman. And the king says... Lord Berkshire. The last hood he removes, and you see the all of the color drain from the king's face. It's a girl of about 14, with dark hair and dark skin. She holds up her chin, but even from this distance, you can see her trembling. Ida. The king whispers this, and you see his knuckles have turned white as he balls his hands into tight fists. Grav continues his speech. If you want these people to last the night, you will present yourself at the gates before sunrise. Otherwise? And he puts a hand on the shoulder of the very fancy gentleman and gives him a shove. The man flails and attempts to catch his balance, but with his hands bound, he can't, and he stumbles right off the wall. You don't see him, but you hear a wet thud echo through the quiet city. Also, you guys, if you can get to Subway um, soon, pulled pork crunch is a sandwich they have right now. That's really good. (laughs) What the fuck is in that? It's, oh my God, I'm not literally, okay. Pork, you idiot. First of all, (laughs) what's the crunch? First of all, it's pulled pork. And then it's like um, Chipotle Fritos. (laughs) Whoa. It's so good. That sounds good as food. It's really fucking good. good. I've been eating it like literally every day. (laughs) Rudy, what do you think? Do you want uh, to eat some pulled pork crunch? I don't, <laughs> I don't usually like eat at Subway it. because we have real 
sandwiches out here in New York. Oh, yeah, that's true. Subs. That's the true. fuck? Come no, talk to me when you've had a pulled pork crunch, you coward. Hey, you want, why don't you come to Minnesota eat some pulled pork crunch? Yeah, why crunch? don't you come eat a pulled pork crunch in Minnesota? <laughs> oh, yeah, those Minnesota, that Minnesota barbecue. The state Minnesota of crunch. Dames and Dragons is sponsored today by DiceEnvy.com. DiceEnvy.com brings cool new dice to your door without breaking the bank. Buy individually or join the subscription box that starts at just $5 a month. Use promo code DSPN10 for 10% off your first order. DiceEnvy.com Because you can never have too many dice. Ain't that just the truth? We are also sponsored by your favorite, Cobalt Press. This time, Cobalt Press is coming at us with Tomb of Mercy, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition adventure. The Tomb of Mercy was built centuries ago to house arcs that would preserve the souls of humanity from an infernal invasion. Now you must travel to the Wasted West, unseal the tomb, and send the last arc safely on its journey. Fail, and humanity faces extinction. In Tomb of Mercy... Players compete with the GM in a race against time to see if humanity can be saved or if the fiendish servants of the hells corrupt the world. To delve into the tomb of mercy, where the horned daughter of famine and her minions await, head to cobaltpress.com or drive through RPG to pick up the tomb of mercy today. This has been This Post-Roll Life, and I'm your host, Noelle Cherie.